the moment you stand in front of the orchestra and begin to conduct the music and hear it for the first time is the moment of greatest exhilaration for, for, for me as a musician. You know, this is the first time we've really done a full-out love story, so I wanted to have the love theme be something very, very emotional and very poetic and, you know, and have something that was very strong to help uh, push the idea of a love story. But I, you know, also just wanted something beautiful. It was a chance to get, you know, a really beautiful love theme into the series. In earlier film, at least, uh, love stories may have been more idealistic. We can now have passionate scenes of, with, with, that are very explicit physically. But in earlier decades, all of that had to be imagined. So I think the, the task and opportunity for the musician might have been to provide the erotic aspects that couldn't be shown. I think George had those things on his mind when he described to me the need for a love theme that was like the great love stories of the films of earlier times. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 441, Ranking the Scores, Part 2. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Max Rebo Band. To my figure and Dan in the model nodes, we've got Carl LeClaire. I don't know if it's a diaper or, or what it is that I'm wearing, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, I really like how big your brain is. Oh, it's it's huge. Um, there's not much in there, but it's big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason, I am, I'm excited to be back talking more Star Wars music. But I will say, I'm bummed to not be seeing you in person this past weekend. Getting to spend, uh, you know, a few days together, which is the first time we've been together and. Um, in a while, <laughs> so yeah. uh, it was so fun having you here and f- fooling around in Boston and playing around in the Star Wars room. Oh my God! Now I can't think of a better way to celebrate ten years, except for maybe go to Skywalker Ranch with George. But other than that, like right, right, you know that that would have been pretty cool. But unfortunately, he was booked up for the week, so we we had to push that back, and we're still waiting to reschedule. Right, um, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Jason's really busy, so it's tough. I mean, yeah, I know. I didn't have time to for George apparently. Um, <laughs> So oh. yes, so in case in case this is your first time in the Wampas Lair, welcome. We're glad to have you. Uh, Jason and I are in our celebration mode this entire month, celebrating ten years of Wampas Lair, and uh, we really wanted to do something special together. So that's why Jason flew out to stay with me in Boston for a few days this past week, and we had a blast. And I'm sure a lot of you, if you follow us on social media, got to see a lot of the the fun and the antics we got up to. We we were real silly, and it was awesome. <laughs> We, of course, watched the entire prequel trilogy together because, of course, we did. Yes. Um, Uh, 
we we listened to nothing but Star Wars music all day, played with action figures, uh, played a lot of Star Wars Episode One Racer, yeah, uh, yeah, which was unexpected but a lot of fun. Oh. So yeah, it was it was so fun. Jason also played some uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, you know. Uh, which was I, you know, like Jason and I were talking about this, and sorry we're starting on a tangent, but um, there are certain video games that I find are actually really fun to watch people play. Um, and obviously, right, this isn't a surprise. You wouldn't have things like Twitch today if people didn't enjoy watching others play video games. Right. Um, but Racer is a super fun game to watch, and and even Jedi Jedi Knight was really fun to watch Jason play. Uh, I so I'm not a very good video gamer, and I know Jason, you're not the best either, but you're better than no. me. So it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun to watch, and uh, um, yeah, we had a great time. We had a great time. I, I, I- I can't claim too much video game superiority. All I can say is that those two games were games I played a lot when I was younger. So it was a bit of muscle memory that came along with that. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway, we are back to continue our ranking of the, the 11 movie score soundtracks. Uh, we decided last week to break this into three parts rather than two because there's just so much we want to say when it comes to talking uh-huh. Star Wars music. So today we're going to cover our number seven through our number four so we'll we'll save our top three for next week um which will be our official 10-year episode because it was late october of 2011 um that we we put out our very first episode um but jason before we get into more of our score rankings we asked everyone last week what their favorite star wars movie soundtrack was and uh we got a good smattering of of almost well not quite half of them were represented but uh, what did folks have to say? What were some of their favorite scores? Well, we did get seven out of the 11 represented on this oh, list. All right. Good, good, nice. Uh, between Twitter and Instagram. So thank you, everyone, for weighing in, uh, those that did. And if you didn't, come on, folks. It's Star Wars music. You got to join in on the conversation, right? It's good stuff. Um, that being said, uh, in fourth place with one vote each, we had uh, A New Hope and Solo, A Star Wars Story. In third place, with two votes each, we had The Phantom Menace, which I was a little surprised it was that low, uh, Revenge of the Sith, and The Force Awakens, which I was a little surprised that was so high on our list. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, at least our our listeners, our Larian's list. Uh, In second place, with four votes, was The Empire Strikes Back. And here's the shocker, folks. In first place, with five votes, Rogue One. So it's a very good score. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, obviously, I talked about it last week. It's not. It's not one of. It's. It, I mean, I love all the Star Wars scores, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, but it is real good. Uh, yes. And I know you'll have a thing or two to say about it on this week's episode. So, so we'll get to that in a little bit here. Um, but just as a reminder, so in lieu of doing a matchup or poll for next week, we want again we want to invite you to help us celebrate ten years of Wampuslayer next week. So. Send us any questions you have, whether it's, again, about the podcast itself or any sort of random Star Wars question you have that you'd like to hear us respond to. Um, send those in to us on any of our social media or email, um, and uh, we'll respond to those next week, which I'm super excited to get to. Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll finish up this, this ranking, and then we'll answer your questions, which I'm almost more... I don't, I'm not sure which one I'm more nervous for, Carl. Uh, 
Well, I'll, I put in. I put in after you left. I was super bummed. I mean, when I drove home from the airport on on Saturday evening, I was just like, "Oh my god, I miss him so much." So I just listened to all my favorite sappy Star Wars stuff the rest of the night, <laughs> and then and and I kind of buckled down and finished my list here, even for my top three. So I, I'm feeling good about where, where everything landed. Um, good, good. I just, I know where everything's landing, I think. So I just got to pick the tracks I want to talk about. That's hard. That's hard, Carl. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a fun hard. <laughs> That's true. So uh, speaking of that, we should probably get to the topic. Yeah, so. let's get into it. So I, I'm going to kick us off this week since you did last week. Um, and I'm going to take us first to, uh, which of course will be my number seven favorite star Wars soundtrack is the last Jedi. Uh, I love the last Jedi and what John Williams does with the music here, the way he kind of recaptures this sense of hope and innocence, specifically around the roses theme that he composed for this movie. Um, as well as some of the more enchanting music for later in the film. Um, but the first the first track that I want to point out, and it's a track that you also pointed out, Jason, which is the title um, Octo Island. And this, of course, um, the main reason I didn't pick Jedi Steps for Force Awakens is because I knew I could pick it here. Because <laughs> there was a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about on Force Awakens. So I was like, that's all right. I can get to the Octo Island piece a little bit later. But again, you know, I mean... I just love the way it begins. It's this, you know, this beautiful piece of, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's, the words escape me. It's just real good, you know, as, as Ray finally gets to meet up with Luke. Um, I really enjoyed this piece. And then a little bit later on, we get to, um, you know, what you kind of introduced to us when, when you were talking about it last time, which is kind of this leitmotif for Luke or the island theme, as, as we've come to call it. And it goes a little something like this. I love this leitmotif. That's, again, I don't know if he composed this specifically just for you know the to give us a sense of the island itself or if it is for luke maybe it's both and uh but i like that it's played on trumpets again kind of this heroic instrumentation but there's a sense of melancholy to it and i think that that matches luke so perfectly he is he's our hero of yesterday but he's in this state of melancholy um, right. And and I just really enjoy the genius of the way he composes that piece. Um, and the next piece I want to pick out is actually the very next track on the score, which is Revisiting Snoke. I don't have a lot of dark sidey type music, Jason, but this is one that I just oh, it's so good to me. Um, and again, this is a piece of music kind of derivative of the Snoke theme from Force Awakens. Right. But here we've got these throat singers. And, uh, you know, there's just such a just such an eerie hauntedness to them. And they match Snoke so perfectly because he is kind of this haunting, terrifyingly large character. Um, And as the piece kind of goes on, you know, it really develops the themes here. And we're going to get Kylo's theme here uh, as he's being taunted. 
just and then here we're gonna get Vader's theme. And I love the way how John Williams puts those two themes, pushes them up against each other because uh, right, this whole scene is about dressing down Kylo because he's supposed to be the new Vader, right? So, the, just musically telling us that there's there's this Kylo motif that's trying to be the Imperial March, right? Like he's trying to be the epitome of evil, but he's not. Um, he's not there yet. Um, and then, as the, I just want to hit one more little moment in this as the piece kind of grows, you know. Uh, we start to, we'll get Kylo's Ren theme again at the end as it kind of builds in intensity. And as it builds his intensity, he's coming undone as he smashes that helmet. I think it's such a great rendition of his theme there, right? It's 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 big and loud and boisterous, but it's it's so again, like this is the brilliance of of John Williams is taking the same notes and just the way they're played in in the instrumentation changes the whole mood and this is big and loud and brassy and it really does exemplify the character falling apart. <laughs> Um, so I really enjoy it there. Um, the, the next track I want to hit is called the rebellion is reborn. Uh, and this piece starts with a beautiful rendition of roses theme. dig rose's theme jason it's it's it it reminds me a lot of again just the feeling of anakin's theme there's this openness to it and innocence to this feel to this particular song um and and it really beautifully captures her character right she is the innocent idealist um of this part of the story and Mm -hmm. i think that this theme beautifully captures that that sensibility for her um and, you know, what's really neat about this particular track, Rebellion is Reborn, is it is kind of a con- – I, I do believe it is a – it's a kind of a concert piece for the the couple big new themes for this movie because a little bit later on, we're going to get the uh, the island motif again a little bit later on in the track. Played a little bit more jauntily, if you will. to the rose theme. I like the way John Williams smashes those two themes together in this particular track because it's it's the innocence and hopefulness and optimism of a new generation kind of coming up to the melancholy of this isolated Luke Skywalker. And that's what it's going to take to bring the optimist back out of the isolated melancholic 
That's not a word at all. Melancholic. <laughs> yeah, melancholic Luke Skywalker. So uh, I really, really enjoy this track. Um, and the last one I want to hit on, and again, you hit on this track as well because it's so flipping good. Can you guess which one I'm going to take us to, Jason? I'm going to guess it's the spark. You would guess correctly then. Okay, good, because it is the best track on the soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love the way it starts here with these very ominous notes, right? You know, there's something like mysterious and almost a bit foreboding. Um, And then it's going to, you know, oh, still getting very mysterious. What's going on? Oh, here we go. Oh, I skipped over what I meant to. But the foreboding kind of mysterious music then reveals who this mystery character is. The Force is here in the person of Luke Skywalker, right? Um, And then, you know, like I know you mentioned too, it goes into the Luke and Leia theme from Return of the Jedi, which I have more to say about later, so I'm not going to bother talking about it now. Um... (laughs) Uh, you know, but this, this track is beautiful. It goes from the, you know, the, the, the Luke and Leia theme into the Han and Leia theme a little bit later on in the piece, you know, as, as he hands over those dice and it's, it's really about this, this music is all about our old heroes. The love that they share again is what's going to get things done. And here, you know, here's the Han and Leia theme. And then we kick it into like a whole new gear. I mean, we, we did this last week, so I won't sit on it too long, but it's just so good the way it just builds and builds and builds to this this sense of epicness. Something epic is going down. And I like how much horns are being used in this particular piece here at the end, because it is, it's, it's the announcing the return of our triumphant hero in a way, you know, Uh, but there's a maturity to it too. So good. (laughs) So very, very good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so those are my highlights from uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, what you are? Where are you taking us for your number seven? My number seven uh, favorite Star Wars score is actually the first one. We're going to go back to A New Hope, and uh, kind of this is the obviously the score that laid the groundwork for the entire saga. The tone, the the themes, uh, the, the fact that it is it, it is a um, a score full of themes and motifs and things like that. It is one of the it is the the foundation on everything that gets built off in any Star Wars project ever. 
you know, from now on, you know, obviously John Williams built on his own work, but it also influences Rogue One, Solo, and everything else that is made from video games, TVs, you know, TV shows, animation, all the other fun stuff. So it is a fantastic score overall, but it sits down at number seven for me. The tracks I want to highlight, though, we're going to start off, um, start off a little, little mild here. We're going to go to, uh, See Jawa Sandcrawler. because it kind of gives us the idea that this is a wasteland for a while. And then um, as we get further into the track, when we transition into the Jawa Sandcrawler port track, it's like, yeah, it might be a wasteland, but there's some quirky characters out here. And uh, some of them. kind of reminds me of jason just in in flavor not necessarily perfect note for note but it has a feel of the ewok theme it does yeah it does it is definitely the the jawa uh sand crawler and the parade of the ewoks are definitely tracks that relate to each other Mm -hmm. so um which is something i love but it's a fun piece i don't have a lot to say about why i like it it's just it's, it's actually kind of a world-building piece of music because that's what George Lucas was trying to do with some of this stuff. And this music really kind of helps flesh that out, build that out, and um, gives us the tone of these weird, unusual creatures that we're like – that we don't know if we can trust yet. But it's like, well, maybe not trust them, but they're not really a threat either. So, <laughs> so um and then the 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 next several tracks I have here are going to be just very much Jason centric tracks. Um, the next one is going to be the Battle of Yavin. I'm not going to make you listen to the whole almost ten minutes of it, but uh, because I love the whole thing, I love the uh, build up of the you know the ships taking leaving to go fight all the different combat that happens. But the one part I do really always love and always kind of sit up and pay attention to gets towards the end. Um, and Carl, I think I've got that timestamp about uh, six minutes, 38 seconds. Uh, yep. Thank you. Here we go. <laughs> So, 
I, this part of the track is just really great because uh, it it's ratcheting up the tension. You're wondering if if our viewers are actually going to make it out. It takes a breather to give us sort of a it's all going to be all right as as Obi Wan speaks to Luke, and then it just goes and ramps back up into the tension. It just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds until it finally just breathes a sigh as the Death Star explodes right before it fires on the Rebel base. And, uh, you know, everybody knows I am a... I, I love the action news. So... That was one in a million. The force will be with you. <laughs> oh, it's it's a great piece. I love it. Um, and then the next one is I, you know, it needs no introduction. Just the throne room. I don't have much to say about it. I just love the track. Let's. let's I've never heard it. Let's check it out. I mean, it's just a heroic march as they get their their medals and we wrap up and say, hey, these are the heroes. They saved the day. Congratulations to all of them and to all of you for coming along and and witnessing this great adventure. Um, so <laughs> but, you know, it, I that, there's not much to say. I just absolutely love this this score, this track. And it's fantastic. However, it is not my favorite track from this score. Well, uh, really quick, I'm going to interject just because I love the point you just made and I want to expound on it. <laughs> um, okay. I like how you just said that it's this piece is also beautiful for us, the viewer, right? It's it's there in the movie uh, to, you know, to, to signal the, the heroic triumphant ending. But I love the way you kind of centered that around. But yes, we as the audience – this is also there for us. We just went on this journey with these characters and we get to reap that benefit. We get to reap the joy of their triumph. So I, I love the way you kind of connect that. Well, yeah, it, the music is what connects us to the story. You know, and obviously, you know, there, there's there's, you know, the themes and the elements of, of the, the story that we can you know identify with. But the music is what, you know, gives us that that visceral connection to the story. And so the music is for us. It's not for the the characters and i think that's something to always keep in mind uh when watching you know star wars or any movie um but yeah uh, it, it's a it's just a great great piece and you know while it does tell us what's happening it's also for us to to feel the the heroic nature of this with our characters like hey you did it too 
So, um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's good. Uh, that being said, um, my favorite track from the A New Hope score is Ben Kenobi's death and the TIE fighter attacks. Carl, if you want to go ahead and just skip ahead to the timestamp of a minute and a half yeah, in. Yeah, got it. Because this kicks off for me. Sure. watching this piece of music get played live because no one in the orchestra is taking it easy. <laughs> <laughs> How could you? Anything else you want to say about it? <laughs> yes, sorry. I, I, I got caught up in the music again. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the whole orchestra is, is involved in this. The, the horns, the strings, the percussion... Uh, it's just a fantastic, you know, really fun and exciting piece of music. I, it is one of the pieces that really kind of defines uh, Star Wars action music for me. And it's one of the, the pieces that gets obviously played again um, in future scores. So, uh, but I've always just really enjoyed this piece. I don't have like specific reasons because it's action cues, um, you know, but it is definitely by far and away my favorite piece of music from the A New Hope score, uh, which is saying a lot because there's some really fantastic stuff in that score. So, <laughs> yeah, there, it's a great piece. I mean, that that action cue is reused in a lot of Star Wars. It's in Return of the Jedi. It's in Solo. It's in Last Jedi. Like, it's been used yeah. a lot. <laughs> In uh, Rise of Skywalker at one point too, I don't, I don't remember. think so. I know it was also uh, riffed on in Rebels a few times yes, as well. It was so. definitely in Rebels. Yeah, definitely riffs of it throughout Rebels. Um, I don't think it's in Rise of Skywalker. I think the only Maybe sequel movie of it, Last Jedi. Yeah, then, it's in Last so. Jedi, like when he, they're flying through the planet in Crate. Yes. The end. Yeah, but I think that's the only place where it's in the sequel trilogy. Um, but yeah, they use rendition of it in the the uh, Kessel chase for Solo as well before going into the actual asteroid field chase music. So it's kind of that yes. that kind of smashed together. Um, no, I love it. That those are some great picks. I I'll be saying more about a new hope in, in shortly. Uh, so excellent, it's a great score. But uh, it's time for number six. Where where are you taking us for number six, Carl? I'm going to take us to Attack of the Clones. Um, so. Uh, Quick sidebar, when, when Jason and I were talking about how we want to – what albums we want to use, like which versions of albums. So, right, they never released deluxe editions for episodes two or three, let alone the sequel trilogy, which 
stocks because like there's some so much good music that we don't get on the limited scores now again this was probably like two or three years into podcasting jason someone was kind enough to send us almost complete scores for episodes two and three so yeah. i do have access to those so but i was like all right if i could draw on those attack of the clones would definitely be in my top five but what kept it out was because i'd limited myself to the album release and that's not to say that it's not good uh i love the music of attack of the clones because it's anchored in one of my favorite star wars songs across the stars <laughs> so um, yes. this is so much of the music but the first track i want to highlight is the track yoda and the younglings and i love, love the way it just begins this very these very playful notes um and interestingly enough this is right this is the music that's narrating padme and anakin's first real time alone together on that that refugee ship and I love the playfulness of these notes because I think this is ultimately what draws Padme to Anakin. Um, you know, he's he's a little bit of a grouch in the previous scene. But what ultimately kind of warms her to him is this playfulness that he elicits out of her. And, and I like how the music kind of plays that here. It's just so brilliant and so beautiful. But if we move ahead just a little bit, um, we're going to get our first statement of Yoda's theme. Here we go. Yoda's theme, yay! You know I love this theme. <laughs> and the notes just feel more open here, the way it's played in this particular piece as he's training these young leads, right? There's this real like sweetness, this real innocence to to the way Yoda's theme is being played that I really enjoy here. Um and then the last part of this track I want to point out is it's right af- right at the two minute four second mark. And Jason, I know you're gonna dig this part. It's just it to me this is the sound of wonder. These angelic voices coming in, right? There's and hear those harp notes in the background. They are literally just saying, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, you know, and it there's just such a beautiful sense of wonder and being that it is children and they are just looking at a star map, but Again, the visual of the scene coupled with the music is there's just this sense of like, look to the stars because anything's possible. So um, absolutely love this particular track. It's so beautiful. Um, Glad you had it on your on your list of feature because it narrowly missed mine. So, yeah, uh, I was I was honestly surprised it wasn't on yours, but I was like, don't worry, I got you covered. <laughs> good, 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 because it deserves a mention. So <laughs> it's real good. I'll let you continue that. Yeah. <laughs> well, my next track I want to highlight is the track The Meadow Picnic. And again, uh, so shocking. Most of my songs here are very romantic themed. Um but again, listen to this just like really fun opening to it. There's, you know, these bells and the harps. It makes me feel like I'm in this heavenly realm. And that's kind of what this is meant to be is Anakin and Padme really are separated from the chaos that's going on in this story. They kind of get to be in this little heavenly retreat. Um, and again, the music is just very, very playful, which, like I just said, really, I think what draws Padme to Anakin. And then this right here, listen to these notes. These notes that kind of rock back and forth. They have this sense of like a lovely lullaby to it. And I think that, again, it's, it's eliciting, it's eliciting this, this feeling of comfort um, that, the, that Anakin and Padme are finding comfort in 
one another. And I just think that it's it's so beautiful how he just kind of plays those notes back and forth, back and forth. Um, and uh, and then I just want to fast forward to the end of the track um, because it's it's uh, it's really one of the only places we actually hear the mystery theme, if you will, from Attack of the Clones on this particular release of the score. Um, and this comes at about the two minute forty second mark. Um, but Jason, you and I love talking about this particular theme. Here it is. And I like how this is how this particular piece closes. So this heavenly little honeymoon, if you will, of Anakin Padme, it can't last forever because there are these dark forces kind of behind everything. So again, it's just it's a it's a beautiful piece that starts with the the optimism and the hopefulness of young love, um, but then it gets kind of this rough reminder of there's always darkness in the background in a way. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway, love that. Love that track. The next place I'm going to take us, Jason, is the track Return to Tatooine. Return to Tatooine? Yes. Again, love the way this piece opens. The music here is very similar, again, in flavor. Again, I don't know if it's note for note by any means, but the flavor of this particular opening track is very similar to the music that we get when Qui-Gon and company Jar Jar and Padme show up in Mos Espa. So it kind of, again, gives you this sense of comfort that we're in a place that's familiar. It's a place where uh, we can kind of come home to, if you will. Um, And then I'm going to fast forward just a little bit more to about the one minute 50 second mark. And we get this very conflicting music. Um, These... uh, very repetitive string motions that kind of elicit the sense of stress Anakin's feeling over his dilemma. And notice that this is the same piece of music John Williams chooses to use again in Rise of Skywalker when Poe is talking to Zori Bliss. So do you do you remember that moment though in Rise of Skywalker when they're talking on top of the roof? Yeah. So this is the same piece of music uh, there, and, and I remember when as soon as that started in the first my first time seeing Rise of Skywalker, I'm like, "That's Attack of the Claws music. Why are they using that, John? Why are you putting that there?" I mean, to me, it's just it's dilemma music, right? There's a dilemma going on. Poe is confessing his dilemma that there's not enough people stepping up for the resistance. Anakin's dilemma is. Can I save my mother? Is she still out there? Um, and just for the sake of because I've got it up, um, the music then goes into a statement of the first theme. And again, Beautifully used here. This the first time we've heard this music was at that same spot on Tatooine. And then as the force guides Anakin out, boom, we get dual the face. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I get so excited. <laughs> it's a great theme, and it's one of my favorite uh statements of it. 
So it's real cool. It's real cool because again, this the, the fates are are what what are at stake here. You know what Anakin will find out is going to change the course of the story for him and the galaxy in a way. So um, mm-hmm. love it. Love love that John Williams fits all of those in. And then, of course, Jason, I'd be remiss to talk about Attack of the Clones without, of course, talking about the guitar work in Zam the Assassin and the chase through Coruscant. I'm I'm sorry. I, I think you meant to say a, across the stars. Correct. Probably. I said it wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, it's across the stars. You know, just a beautiful, sweet love theme about... Um, a forbidden relationship. That's what George really wanted it to be. George really imparted onto John Williams. I want this to be a beautiful piece that also gives you this sense that there's something forbidden here. There's a forbidden fruit. Um, so it's both beautiful and tragic all in one. And I think for myself, and again, this is me speaking out of my own experience. This is what draws me to this particular piece of music and to this movie in specifically is there's that that loveliness and hopefulness of love and how beautiful and wonderful it can be and yet it can also be really tragic right sometimes things don't work out the way we hope and i think that's that's what i love about attack uh, attack of the clones and across the stars is that love is always beautiful even if it doesn't work um so yeah I'm just gonna let this bleed for a minute there's something even about the way those notes work where it does, it kind of builds to this climax and leaves you there for a second and then just falls right down. Um, again, just giving you the sense of how this love is going to work out for itself. Um, so yeah, that is my, uh, my number six attack of the clones, uh, score that I love so much. Excellent. Well, uh, we're going to go into my number six, which is also a middle movie. Uh, but considering I already did Last Jedi and Attack of the Clones last week, um, I guess you can imagine where that's taking us this week. Um, we're going to be in Empire Strikes Back, Carl, mm. which I figure you're probably going to talk about next week. Um, you would be correct. Okay. Fair <laughs> um, you know, I, I do, you know, I, I love all of the, the Star Wars scores. Um, this one is one that I, I haven't spent as much time in as I feel like I should, but that doesn't mean that it's not a really, really good score because it, it is. Um, <laughs> and obviously we get a lot of new, uh, themes in this movie that, uh, carry over into all of Star Wars. And we're going to start off with the one that is 
probably rivals the Force theme as the most played theme in Star Wars, uh, particularly in this movie, but in just in general. Um, Carl, go ahead and play that Imperial March for us. is arguably one of the most recognizable Star Wars tracks, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, outside of this, the fandom, it's probably the thing that people will hear and go, oh yes, that's Star Wars the most. Even more than the main theme itself. Um, it's not my favorite track on this score, but it's a damn good one. So, uh, I, I absolutely enjoy it. It is you know, it does what it is supposed to do. It tells us this is the bad guys. Um, and it gives so many permutations of, of this theme through the movie that it's, it's fantastic. I, I love, I love the exploration that John Williams does, uh, throughout the score in the various ways that he, he plays this theme. Although to be perfectly honest, probably my favorite rendition of this theme is in return of the Jedi. Um, the harp version uh when vader dies when vader dies well, uh that Anakin, being said yeah yeah that <laughs> being said uh this is where it all kind of germinates from so i have to give it its due here yeah. um the next track i really want to highlight though um is one that i it keeps sort of subtly and quietly moving its way up my favorites list in general um, which is a lot because it's probably one of the longest tracks in all of Star Wars scores. Uh, that being the Battle of Hoth. Uh, however, there is a specific portion of it that really is like locked into my brain right now. Uh, and Carl, do you have that up? I do. Perfect. Oop, I'm back up a bit. We got to get that in all its glory. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The heroes, yay, they're gonna do it. They're gonna win the day. Hooray! Except you're not. love this part of <laughs> even though it's track. not in the movie <laughs> it's not in the movie I feel like it should it's be it's like mind blowing <laughs> I know I know. I feel like it kind of should be but I, I'm, I'm okay that it's not uh, but just the the cacophony of insanity that kind of happens in this part of the track as all the stops are being pulled out and nothing is working is is very well executed in in the music it's it's got all the moments of of heroism that are attempted uh combined with just the overwhelming unstoppable force that is the empire at this point 
and uh, it all just sort of clashes together in this section of the, the track until it, it inevitably falls apart and is overwhelmed by the Empire and the retreat of the rebels. Um, but I, I absolutely love this track and this part of it in particular. And gosh, those pianos just, I wish, I wish somehow those pianos were still in the movie because it is one of the most unique and interesting things I think John Williams has ever created for Star Wars. And I, oh, I love them so much. <laughs> uh, um, that being said, let's go ahead and move on to, uh, my, my only non, uh, non-action piece in the empire score that i have featured here um which i have no doubt you will talk about next week carl um this is of course yoda's theme and i'm not gonna ruin it by talking over it so we're gonna let it breathe for a bit So full of wonder and wisdom and uh, and yet still is rooted in the force theme um, in a way. So it's it's a beautiful, beautiful piece and uh, just something that I, I'm absolutely in love with as a theme. Thanks to Carl, uh, <laughs> who has played it every chance he has gotten over the 10 years of podcasting that we have had. So <laughs> or in the car when we were together. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's such a such a good piece. Um, that being said, my favorite track uh, is a pure action Jason pick from The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, let's just, you know, try and keep ahead of the TIE fighters in the asteroid chase. Why don't we, Carl? Let's do it. right for our heroes no no but they'll still stay one step ahead of the empire uh, <laughs> that's that's what this is and it, it is high intensity uh, and fast paced as they race through all the asteroids there uh i freaking love it um yeah I, I don't really have much to say because it just it speaks for itself in so many ways, I think. Um, and it's just exciting and fun. And I don't know how else to put that into words that I haven't already used. So, 
<laughs> well, here, let's let it breathe here for a second because this is a fun little part. the strings like are ducking and weaving and you know the music it, itself is exactly, taking us on that it, trip it's following the falcon's path yeah. through in and around all the asteroids and then it's got the big you know drum hits as the asteroids themselves come sort of yeah. moving in out of frame and everything so <laughs> yeah this is, so this good. is uh you know john williams form of mickey mousing and if anybody doesn't mm-hmm. know that term mickey mousing is you know in the old uh you know Mickey Mouse or Looney Tunes kind of cartoons where, you know, if they fall down, you had the big cymbal hit or they, you know, the they jump up over something, the woodwinds or whatever sort of, yep. you know, would do that kind of thing. So that's Mickey Mousing. John Williams does it kind of, um, but in a way that isn't obvious. So uh, this is this is John Williams Mickey Mousing at its best. <laughs> so it's the the feel of it rather than the actual literal visuals of yeah. it yeah and so i know that that's a very complex piece of music for orchestras to play because the few times i've heard it live it never sounds quite like the movie and i'm not i'm no. not digging people i don't mean that to sound uh, derogatory to 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 the to the orchestras that i've that i've heard that from but i even have a live recording of it on CD that John Williams himself conducted at the Boston Pops back in the early 90s. And it's still like there's just a little bit of something missing. And again, like, right, whenever you record something in a studio, you can do multiple takes. You can do, you know, a little bit of sound editing here and there. So I but it's just to me that just elicits like, oh, my gosh, uh, that's a very complex piece of music for, for folks to play. It's very complex. And not only do you have one of the best composers writing it, but then he also had one of the best orchestras in the world playing it yes, when they recorded it. True. So, yeah. Uh, Great yeah, point. It's, uh, it's insane. Yep. Uh, I would, I would probably have a heart attack if I looked at the sheet music for this piece. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what about you, Carl? Let's move on to number five. All right. My number five it was your number seven, Good Old A New Hope. I love the A New Hope score. Um, and while A New Hope is not you know, one of my favorite of the films, it has one of my favorite scores. Um, and I, I want to say just to, I, I, I apologize. I don't remember the name of the, of the individual who made the comment on our Instagram today about – uh, they were the only person to vote for the New Hope score, but they said, you know, I feel like this was the this was the score that captured the magic of Star Wars, right? And and I think that that's just such a brilliant point. And even if, even, I mean, again, it's it's neither of our favorites, Jason, but uh, you know, you can't help but just respect the hell out of this this entire piece of music for a New Hope because it's it's brilliant. Um, it's it's exactly how I feel about the Beatles. Don't really care for them, but of course I respect what they did for music. And here comes right. all the here comes all the Beatles people that are gonna be mad at me. <laughs> I, I have the username on Instagram. Oh, thank you. Yeah, H uh, Lobel Dot um, is the one who who gave us that. So thank you, Mister Lobel Dot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm going to let's see. I have just one of the pieces of music that you used. And I'm going to start with the same one that you did, Jason, which is the Dune Sea of Tatooine and the Jawa Sandcrawler. 
Um, I won't play too much of it because we've already gotten to it this episode, but kind of like you said, you know, I, you described it as this feeling of wasteland. To me, it's also this sense of tedious lifestyle, right? Like there's just a monotony here. It's, it's a very boring space of existence in which to live, you know, not ideal for anyone to be at. Um, but a little bit later on, you know, in the track, we do kind of get this, the, the, what I call the traveling Jawa music, which I know, I think I played a bit for you too, but here it is again. Yes. Very whimsical, very fun, um, but very measured. Kind of like that Oompa Loompa song. Right? Like, it's kind of, it's kind of got that, that same kind of, uh, you know, just like bop your head, move your feet. Um, but I like it. It's, it's just like the very regimented, kind of mundane, day-in, day-out lifestyle of a Jawa. Um, and yet there's still something a little bit noble about it. Uh, and, um, yeah, right here, John gives us these, these, these bells and these chimes, you know, it may be a monotonous, boring life, but it's a noble life and we should celebrate that. (laughs) Right. So like there's even, you know, John Williams even has respect for just the everyday existence of a Jawa. I got, gotta love that. Um, (laughs) So that's the first track I wanted to point out. Um, the next track for me uh, is the track Tales of a Jedi Knight. Learn about the Force. Mm. Love how it begins here. Very whispered notes. As if Luke is being told a secret, right? His world is slowly opening up. And it's something very wonderful. And, you know, we keep getting these chimes here. I think here they're about to come again. Yep, there they are in the background, right? There's like, ooh, there's something you don't know about that you're about to learn about, and it's wonderful. <laughs> you know, um, really, really beautiful piece here. Um, and uh, as as the piece kind of goes on, we get uh, a really wonderful statement of the Force theme here. Oh, this isn't, nope, not the Force theme here. Sorry. <laughs> this is the Imperial motif for the movie, which I like that is... It's buried in this particular track because, again, as the wonder of the Force and a new type of life is open to Luke, there's also the threat of the danger that comes in part with, you know, if you go out on this wonderful adventure, there's going to be a threat out there as well. Um, but we get, a, but it, on the other side of that threat will always be the Force. like these notes how they I, I don't know if that's vibrato or what again I don't know music language well enough and I'm embarrassed I think that's vibrato, yeah yeah but the way they just kind of you know kind of have that vibration of again to me that's how he chooses to end the force theme here in this moment is if the force itself is vibrating it's calling out to Luke it's reverberating into his life uh again just love the beauty of that instrumentation um uh the next track I want to hit Jason is just it's just for freaking fun. And I love yes. this piece. You ready, my friend? I want you to come I- to this jazz bar with me and take in this music. Mm-hmm. 
see both of us chair dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not such a pretty sight, but we're having fun. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we may, we talked about this recently, Jason. I don't know if it was on the on the show or if it was just you and I chit chatting for the fun of it. Um, but you know, the Cantina Band number one is the perfect piece for when Luke comes into that world. In in the movie, I definitely prefer Cantina Band number one. But when I'm listening to the score, I prefer this rendition. I prefer this song because. Again, it's got this very jazz lounge feel with that really cool funky bass line running throughout the entire track. And it just it seems like a piece of music that I just want to go sit in it, you know, sit at the bar, kind of bopping my head, you know, with with my buddies, just kind of enjoying a nice taste of spiked blue milk and just having a good time. Right. Uh, that's that's why I love this piece so much. Um, and uh, I, I got to give a shout out to a little bit later here. Get some steel drums. Back to the main melody. Yeah, uh, it just you know cool that that John Williams throws in steel drums. You know, very Caribbean feel. Uh, he's going to use he uses those to perfection in the Canto Bite music in, in Last Jedi. The, uh, yeah. the Caribbean steel drum feel there is very strong. Um, so, uh, Jason, my last yes, piece from A New Hope. I wonder if you can guess what what is going to be my favorite track off the A New Hope score. Um, I mean, I, I would, I would. There's a couple. There's a couple. It's not one you've mentioned. I'll give you that hint. So it's not okay. the throne room. No. The, I'm I'm debating between uh, Princess Leia's theme or uh, the binary sunset. I'm not sure which one you're going to go with. <laughs> <I have. laughs> it is, of course, Princess Leia's theme. And Jason, this is a theme that I have I have slept on for far too long. Here's that main melody. very royal feminine side um, to the music here. I love how it takes its time too. You know, again, this is a concert suite of it, right? It's not, it's not, um, particularly taken from a moment in the movie, but the way it takes its time, it's just like the character of Leia. She's a very patient, persevering character, beautifully placed. You know, um, the French horn is so well used here. And again, horns are always, and again, in Western music kind of used to bring about the, the, the sense of royalty, but she's a different kind of royalty. She's not just, she's not some mighty warrior King, there's something there's something special about Leia. There's something different about Leia. Um, and this music really seems to get at that. And, and like I kind of just said, you know, I, I had slept on this track for so long. I've, it's not like I never liked it. It wasn't until I don't I honestly don't know when it was. It was just a couple of years ago, though. I was listening to, a, you know, Star Wars music on shuffle and it came on and I'm like, holy crap. Holy crap, what a freaking amazingly beautiful piece of music this is. Um, 
It is and, and the only piece of Star Wars music uh, that I've listened to live that I have cried to. Mm. So it's uh, and that was when I went, gosh, years and years ago to Star Wars in concert by myself. Um, I also went by myself. <laughs> All us loners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I heard it live played there with just everything else going on and it brought a tear to my eye. Yeah. Um, well, I want to just hit a couple of little moments in the track here. This is the first one. This music, again, it's going on a journey. There's steps, progression, ups and downs. You know, um, and this is me drawing off of things that I learned from David W. Collins, breaking down the main Star Wars theme, right? About how it's it is the the entire piece of music is a journey. It's it's got its pinnacles, it's got its valleys, um, and I like that even in Leia's theme. There's that it's kind of embedded here towards the the middle of the piece that Leia herself she also will go on to a, on her own journey, um, and then just towards the towards the end of the track, the way it starts to build is just stunning stunning And to me, it's just this is telling us that Leia's journey will see her come out on top, that she is going to overcome all the valleys that she will face um, because she is royalty. Um, and uh, as Lor Santeca so infamously said to us, she's royalty. Indeed. <laughs> so, yes, that is my favorite piece of music from A New Hope. It's a beautiful one. It's a very, very beautiful one. Ugh. How do I follow that up with uh, my number five, Carl? Yes, uh, Jason. Where are we going for your number five? Uh, something somewhere very not beautiful. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to Revenge of the Sith. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and we're going to start off with a, a little track that's not heroic, not successful. It's, it's Anakin's Betrayal, Carl. is the the music played during order 66 so it's not necessarily even just anakin's betrayal it's the betrayal of the of of the republic of the new empire to the jedi uh this is as we lose the defenders of peace and justice in the galaxy and it's it's heartbreaking it's mournful it's uh it's a lament as you know it builds and builds as more and more of our heroes fall, you know, meet their ultimate uh, fate. And, and it's just uh, dis- in distress. Uh, 
it's it's just one of the most heartbreaking pieces of music I think John Williams has given us in the prequels or in the saga. Um, so I it it is one that I frankly. Uh, it is one that I almost feel bad if I ever try to skip it. Like <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> things that I kind of feel like I need to to listen to this. I need to uh, see it through to the end. So, um, but uh, it's just a it's beautiful, but it's also haunting and mel- melancholic, and and it is a lament, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the fall of the Jedi. So, um, but. The next piece I want to go to is one that I have always enjoyed. Uh, it's, I feel, one of the more underrated pieces of music in the whole Revenge of the Sith score. Um, and, and Carl, give us a little taste of Grievous Speaks to Lord Sidious. Happy to. this to Grievous's theme any day of the week um, it oh, here we go <laughs> is it a bit of a mustache twirling uh, piece of music absolutely is it the best piece of mustache twirling music in history possibly um, <laughs> <laughs> I I freaking love it. It it definitely uh, gives a sense of of dastardly purpose uh, as it plays, and there's something amusing about that to me. But uh, it also is one that I can like, you know, I can feel as well. It's 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 a it's a very interesting piece of music. It it amuses me and also feels very epic to me at the same time. So. Uh, it's it's just one of my favorite tracks from this this score. Uh, the next one is well, let's just it's the most famous piece of music from the Revenge of the Sith score, Battle of the Heroes. the piece that sets the tone for the entire Revenge of the Sith score. Um, it is uh, an epic, you know, but it, it, it's epic and, uh, you know, impactful enough to be part of a war movie, but it also is uh, a tragic theme because it is the destruction of 
the friendship and the relationship of, of these two heroes, Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, in particular, but also just in general. Um, and I almost put uh, the track Anakin versus Obi-Wan in here, but that one is so much is so built off of this track that I, I kept um, battled. So I... Uh, it is it is just uh, an incredible and epic score that uh, still gives us the the tragedy that this whole movie has to give us. Um, so it, it's just ugh, it's beautiful. It's breathtaking. Yeah, you know this is this has never been a favorite of mine, but I'm so glad you brought it up because I mean it is awesome and. It's to me. It's to, the most comparable theme to, to to put it up next to is Duel of the Fates, right? They're both these epic fighting moments, but there's a huge difference. Duel of the Fates has vocals, right? Has choir singing, but they actually are singing words. They're actually singing this like poem of fates and darkness and light and blah blah blah. This endless battle. What it seems like, though, in, in Battle of the Heroes that I really love is that the voices are just screaming in a sense, right? Like they're not singing words. They're just evoking emotion. It's just this these these crying out of, you know, just tragedy of this mm-hmm. this friendship being torn asunder. Um, and you feel that with the strings underneath that whole piece, the way they're just do 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 like it's so it's so relentless that matches the speed of how quickly this friendship is ending. And then the the choir, right? To think of a Greek chorus, it's just them calling out, like in like you said, lamenting what's falling right. apart. So yeah, it's it's such a brilliant piece. It is. Um, however, my favorite piece from the Revenge of the Sith score uh, is one I believe you you had on your. Um, I did list last week, uh, and that is uh, Anakin's Dark Deeds. It's already a powerful thing. Yeah. Not only the Jedi, the Republic. Yeah, but yet. horror continues it's not over it, it is going to try and and take everything uh and it is driving anakin to commit atrocities uh and and that is you know just the the crux of this piece is that it is uh bearing witness and horror to 
everything that is transpiring between what Anakin and the Emperor are doing right now and uh, the loss of the Republic, the loss of the Jedi, the loss of innocence, the loss of democracy, the loss of friendship and love and it's just loss Mm -hmm. And, and it can't contain itself right there so Ugh, so very good. So very, very good. And it is one of my favorite pieces of, of music in all of Star Wars. Uh, John Williams surpassed himself with, with that piece, in my opinion. Uh, it is just incredible. So, uh, and I won't, I won't mention the, the end like, like you did because you already talked about it last week, but the ending of it where, uh, it just, you know, does the repeating, uh, you know, step downs is just, ugh, it, it's, it's heartbreaking the way it plays out. Yeah. So, but that is my, that is my number five. Great piece. Great, great stuff, man. Love them. Carl, we got, we got one more to get to each before we ep- close down this episode. Yes, indeed. Um, and I have a feeling my number four is going to be in your number top three. Um, mm. And uh, I know you and I share two <laughs> Two of ours will be the same in our top three, which is really fun. <laughs> um, but this is one I know you'll get to next week, but it's, of course, Return of the Jedi. I mm-hmm. love the Return of the Jedi score. Um, and it's so interesting that uh, the the LP vinyl release of this soundtrack in 1983 was the only one to only get one disc. It, it was the least amount of music released um, with the film. And I, I mean, obviously, I wasn't alive then, but I know a lot of fans were really upset and bummed. Like, why aren't we getting more of the music? Um, but that said, the album is still awesome and every version of this score just keeps getting better. Um, and of course, you know, we're drawing from the, the deluxe two CD set from, uh, you know, 1997 with the special editions and it's just such a good, incredible score. And interestingly enough to kind of compare it to what you were just talking about with the revenge of the Sith, right? They're both the end of their trilogies. Um, and one trilogy ends in tragedy, which is all of the music of uh, of Revenge of the Sith is really rooted in that. But Return of the Jedi has a very fun, joyful sensibility to it that I really mm-hmm. like. Um, but that said, before I, without even giving any examples of that, though, the first track I want to shout out is just my favorite piece of source music in all of Star Wars. And this is a track Jason has heard a lot of with me on our several road trips over the years. It's good old Jabba's Baroque recital. (laughs) I love this song so, so much. (laughs) It's emblematic of everything Return of the Jedi. (laughs) Um, I don't have a lot to say about it other than, because again, I just, I love it. I love how classy it feels. Um, and, and, and how ironically classy it is considering it's for Jabba's palace. And it's, this is the piece of music that's playing as the droids come in. So, you know, there's this sense of like kingliness of, of chivalry and a fancy court. And then you just see this grotesque blob and all these ruffians, you know? So it's just, it's visually interesting to have this piece of music, 
Um, but yeah, this is just a piece of music I love putting on and just, I mean, I, I listen to it on repeat a lot. <laughs> it's just really good. Um, but yeah, don't have much more to say about it other than I really love it. It's great. Um, yeah. So- I, I- great that you love it so much uh (laughs) if you are listening right now and you also love java's baroque recital please 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 message us just so i know i'm not alone like i don't care if i am but i would love to know if there's someone else out there that gets as excited about this piece of music as i do (laughs) i mean it's a fun piece of source music it's not one that i would listen to on repeat that's fair i I imagine that's true for a lot of people jason but A lot of times as it's coming to an end, I'm like, no, you're not done. Repeat. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, Uh, like I walk into the club. I'm like, yo, DJ, drop that beat. And they're like, what beat? And I'm like, this beat. They're like, what? (laughs) 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 Oh, anyway. Yeah. So uh, that's the first one I want to mention. But uh, the next track I want to talk about is, of course, Parade of the Ewoks. And this is a piece of music I've always loved since the day I saw Return of the Jedi. This very fun, whimsical piece of music has always put a warm feeling in my heart. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's again, it, kind of like that similar flavor to what we talked about with the Jawa theme, right? It's the sense of, of adventure, of, of going on a journey. Um, and... I like how much of the beginning part of the track is played on these recorder-like instruments, right? To give it this really sense of nativeness, this this sense of of the fact that the Ewoks are an indigenous people of, of Endor, and they're using kind of these traditionally indigenous instruments to play. Um, but then, of course, we get, you know, <laughs> I think this is a clarinet. Um, is it a clarinet? No, not a clarinet. I don't know what the hell it is. No. But it's really fun. Yes. <laughs> Um, and I would be remiss to not mention the fact that the reason this track has quickly climbed towards the top of some of my favorite Star Wars themes is the times you and I spent in the Endor Forest the last couple of summers. Um, yeah. I mean, we we had this song on repeat a lot. <laughs> it's perfect for walking around the Redwoods. Um, it, it's I, I'll probably mention it next week, but this is like my hiking music. Like if I am. If I end up humming something while I'm out hiking anywhere, it's more like it's most likely this. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, later on in the track. um, Yeah, here we get some horns. And I like the way that um, John Williams is the track progresses brings in the horns to play the same melody. We've heard a couple of times already throughout the track, but by adding the horns again, it gives them this sense of Royal nobility that it's almost as if as they, as they become one, one unit with our rebel heroes, they also get wrapped up into the, the heroism of the rebel Alliance. Right. So I really love just kind of the genius of that in this piece that this, 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 um, Oh my gosh! Why am I blanking on what this is called? Uh, orchestral piece. Uh, this this orchestral arrangement, essentially. Yeah, um, uh, concert suite. Thank you. This concert suite of the Parade of the Ewoks. You know, it starts in the rootedness of their indigenous identity, and then it grows into this. This you know, they are our heroes because they join forces with our heroes. It it 
it elevates what's already wonderful about them into this kind of hero status. So I, I love that the, the, the track itself goes on a journey and we get to go with them. It's so fun. Yes. Um, and then the next piece of music I want to mention, and this is honestly, Jason, this might be my favorite romantic piece of music in, in star Wars. Um, I don't, I mean, cause I don't know if I, unless I count Yoda's theme, I don't know if Yoda's, I guess Yoda's theme is in the, the Avenue of romantic. So maybe not quite my favorite, but it's up there and it's the Luke and Leia theme. I love this piece. This is another one I've listened to on repeat since I got this soundtrack in 1997. So almost 25 years of my life. Um, <laughs> this song has been heard a lot in my ears. And I, the, the first thing I just want to mention is, again, is when I had the, the, the privilege of seeing John Williams conduct the Boston Pops a few years ago. And he talked about writing this theme. Is, and he, he said that in his mind, after, you know, writing episode, you know, music for a new hope and empire in his mind, like there might still be this romance between Luke and Leia. So he was already starting to think of writing a romance piece for them. And then when it's revealed that they're siblings, he said, all right, well, I'll just tweak it a bit. Um, so this really was written as a love theme. And again, I know we've talked about this a lot over the years, Jason on the show, but, uh, right there, the, the, the three Greek words for love, Eros, Agape and Philia. Um, and this is a philia love theme, which is the the love of friendship and family. Uh, and it's so wonderful having a piece like this in Star Wars. Uh, I love it so much. I'm going to let it breathe here for a moment. Just this main melody here. So good. And then I'm just going to take us forward a little bit. Um, to where it really, really builds up to show us like the potential of this love. I love the way it again it kind of kind of reaches up into these these heavenly places. The love of Luke and Leia uh, kind of knows no bounds. <laughs> it, it, it can it can fly as high as the stars, um, and and I find it to be kind of again a, a beautiful piece to put next to across the stars. And, you know, obviously two very different types of love. Like across the stars is meant to elicit that kind of eros love, that that erotic passionate love. Um, but there's again, there's no sense of tragedy to the Luke and Leia piece, you know. No. Kind of in co contrast that to again a, a, a across the stars, which always ends in sadness. The Luke and Leia theme always ends up in the stars, up in the heavens, right? Um, because uh, their love does not need to know tragedy, and it's just beautiful. I love this piece. Um, it's, and then, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't know if you're going to say anything next week about it or not, but, uh, you know, we also got to talk about it briefly with the spark, too, because it's obviously embedded in that piece from Last Jedi. Uh, but the last piece from Return of the Jedi that I got to mention is my favorite change they ever made in the special editions was swapping out Yubnub for this. Now, let me speak very quick to this point out. I love Yubnub. It's a super fun piece of music. 
But this is so much better for the cat piece of the original trilogy. Listen to that melody, baby. I love how it's um, it's all played on a recorder or what I assume it's not a technical recorder, something similar to a recorder, which, again, it still keeps the spirit of Yubnub. It has that tribal sensibility that this uh-huh. is this is a song that the Ewoks could be playing on one of their tribal instruments. But there's something more to it. There's something more grandiose to it, if you will. Um, something more something more mature again yubnub is a super fun song but yubnub doesn't take into account the cost of that victory right darth vader's dead uh you know well i guess that's the biggest thing anakin said but right like there was a cost to this victory that yubnub just kind of sweeps under the rug and again i don't say that disparagingly but just the difference in these tracks um and as this piece continues here as we let it bleed out a little bit more you're going to hear a children's choir Carry out a bit of a melody. When I hear, I just want to point out, yeah, point out all those listening at home. Carl and I are once again chair dancing. <laughs> oh, I, but this children's choir here again is a beautiful cat piece to the end of this saga because you know what else had a children's choir to start the saga? Good old Augie. <laughs> yep. His grand band at the end of the Phantom Menace. Right. So it's, it's just really neat that we get now granted Phantom Menace wasn't out yet as of 97 either. So it's not like John Williams consciously did that. But it is cool that it happened all the same. Uh, but yeah, you know, you've the 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 children's choir again just evokes this sense of that innocence that our story began in. It finally can have its voice heard again. You know, the voice yeah. of the innocence and the goodness of the galaxy can be heard again. But then we get one more change as John Williams decides to use that same melody one more time, but bring in an adult choir. <laughs> God, I don't want to stop, but I'm going to make us. Um, it's, <laughs> I love that. Again, it's the same melody from the children's choir, but now sung on an adult choir. And to me, what that immediately made me think of as I was listening to it um, on repeat a lot in the last couple of weeks was 
this is a multi-generational story. That's the wonder of Star Wars, right? Um, you know, kind of, kind of in that same spirit you were talking about earlier with the throne room piece from A New Hope, right? We, the audience, get to get caught up in the triumph of that, of that adventure. Well, this is in Return of the Jedi. We get caught up in this multi-generational story that is triumphant. And it's a story worth telling. It's a story worth living again and telling again um, to children and to adults. Sing it from the breath of babes. Sing it from the breath of adults. I, I feel like that's somewhere in scripture. But, you know, um, <laughs> love victory celebration. So uh, that, that, that and Luke and Leia are my f- favorite pieces from Return of the Jedi. It's, it's amazing. I love it. it. It's also one of my favorite changes that they made to the special edition. Not that I watched the original version that much. Sorry, folks. I know. Bad Star Wars fan. Bad Star Wars fan. Um, False, Jason. But, you, were, you weren't alive. Who cares? I was alive. <laughs> Who cares? I, I was introduced to Star Wars with the special edition, so I never heard Yup Nub in the movie um, I think I saw that once in the movie, and I definitely prefer this. Again, yeah. love Yup Nub, Nub. It's a fun track, but this works better as a finale piece for the original trilogy. Um, Agreed. Yeah. That said. Yeah. Yup Nub, super fun, but not quite victory celebration. Nope, not quite. Uh, that being said, let's get to my number four so we can wrap up this episode. Um, my number four... We're going to go to Rogue One, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I don't have a lot to say about my first uh, track here other than I love the sound it brings uh, to the Star Wars uh, musical uh, lexicon now. It's a great tweak on an old sound that we've gotten a lot of um, over the years. <laughs> and it, it just... Needs to come with a bit of a mustache tweak and a flourish of a cape. (laughs) Carl, give us the Imperial Suite. One thing you could say about this piece of music is that it is pompous and full of itself, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is all, all it needs to be in its uh, imperial glory. So uh, I think Michael Giacchino added a fantastic new sound to the Empire in Rogue One with this with this piece. Um, I, I absolutely love it. Um, and it it fits right alongside anything John Williams ever did for the Empire. So uh, I, I think it deserves a bit of an applause on that tr- uh, front. Um, the next piece I want to bring up from Rogue One is it's always been one of my favorite pieces in Rogue One. Carla and I, we have discussed this piece extensively because it is uh, the most pump up of all pump up songs in all of Star Wars. Um it's a uh, rogue rogue one <laughs> <laughs> 
And if you want to break down on all of the the great intricacies of this piece with the you know the force theme embedded into it, its sort of echo and reprise that it does uh, after the heroes fly off from Yavin Four. Go listen to Carl talk about it last episode. Um, but this, because that's some you know great insight into the the piece of music. It's there's some fantastic stuff, but it's also just one of those tracks that if you need to feel like excited and pumped up and and ready to face the world uh, for anything you're about to do, listen to this because it will do. Like, Carl, I wish I had this uh, to listen to when I was still in school before I would go give a presentation or something. You know, <laughs> you know, I graduated before the movie came out, so I, I couldn't do that. But that would have been really helpful. <laughs> um, the next piece of music is also one that has been played a lot. I, there, there are no surprises for me when it comes to Rogue One. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, this next one is action, uh, emotion, uh, heroism, and tragedy. Uh, this is the master switch. Master switch. And of course, we've all heard uh, David Collins uh, talk about the fact that this is based off the DSRA, the, uh, the 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 musical sound for death, um, which is apropos because most of our heroes from this movie die during this track. Right, um, and it's when the know, death troopers show up. So <laughs> exactly, it's when the death troopers show up. Um, but you know, K two S O obviously has gone down. This is where. Uh, Chirrut goes down, Bodhi goes down right after this, followed by Baze, and we're left with just Jin and Cassian at the end. Um, but it not only does it have the, the DSRA in it, but it also just has a driving beat, whether it's in the drums or just the persistent strings the whole time, that means that you can't escape it either. You know, it's just, it's inevitable. Um, and while our heroes are trying to hold it off as long as possible, one by one, they each meet their heroic end. Um, but yeah, it's just a fantastic track and I, I love it. I, yeah, one of my favorites. Um, that being said, it's making me want to go watch the last act of Rogue One. (laughs) If I'm being honest, (laughs) 
the last act of Rogue One is one of the most perfect acts of a Star Wars movie, period. Uh, yep. It's <laughs> so good. I, I, it's so good. It's so good. Um, that being said, my favorite track from Rogue One uh, is one that I didn't expect to be my favorite track uh, when I first you know, got the soundtrack years ago. But it has quickly climbed the ranks. Uh, just, just give me, give me my Guardians of the Wheels, Carl. It is a beautiful track that talks, it speaks to history, speaks to, uh, you know, nobility and, and has a story embedded in every note of it. Um, it's also a piece that has made me appreciate Yoda's theme a lot more over mm. the years, in addition to Carl, because, yeah. because I believe it is loosely kind of inspired by Yoda's theme. Same it has flavor. the same sort of tempo and uh, sound to it, uh, and it is absolutely gorgeous. However, I do like it a lot more than Yoda's theme. Not going <laughs> to. That's, that's uh, fine. But it is possibly my, my favorite uh, slower piece of music in Star Wars, period. Um, you know, my more favorite, more more romantic theme as carl calls them um <laughs> so uh, i i absolutely love it and then of course it, it just builds at the end with the full choir and or and orchestra um to sort of close out For all we know, the Guardians of the Wills are no more, but their memory lives on, and maybe it will rise again in the future. Maybe. If we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think that's one of the things I love so much about this piece of music, is that it is it is a story. Um, a story about this, this group that we know almost nothing about. Uh, with the perhaps slight bit of hope that their memory will live on and we might see them rise again in the future. So, yeah, I I've always loved the way you break this piece of music down and um, it, it's, it's one of my favorite pieces too. And I, I, I don't know why I didn't put it on my rogue one list, but there's, I mean, there's just so much good stuff in rogue one. Um, it's such a good score, but yeah, I love the way you've always kind of explained it in this, that it has this history, right? It's, 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 it's a song with no, you know, no actual verbal storytelling, and yet is so rich with some level of history to it. So yeah, so good. I, uh, it it gives me chills every time I listen to it, and I, I'm I'm got them right now. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
but Carl, we made it. We made it. We got we, all yes, to number four. <laughs> yes, much less, le- much less issues this time too. I'm so happy. Um, but yeah, so next week we will finish out with our top three, which obviously you're gonna, you already know two of, well, you know all of ours if by process of elimination, but two of ours will be the same. Um, but in case you want the hard specifics, come back next week, please. <laughs> um, and Jason, I can't think of a better way to celebrate our tenth. Our, you know, our 10 year actual anniversary of this first, our first ever episode than by talking our, some of our favorite pieces of music from Star Wars. And of course, answering some of your awesome questions. We've gotten some freaking wonderful questions so far. Some very thoughtful folks that uh, listen to the show. That I'm so appreciative of all of you. Um, so again, if you have yet to send any questions in and you would like to, please do so. Yes, please. Uh, we're we're very much looking forward to to answering those for you. Um, I, I'm definitely having to look ahead at some of these questions because yeah. they are some of them are insightful, and I have to think about my answers. So, thank you for getting them in early. But you know, there's still time, folks. If you want to, you know, you know, contribute to that episode next week, we would really appreciate it. Um, but Carl, if people want to weigh on anything we've discussed. Or if they want to send in any questions for next week, where can people do that? Well, of course, you can do it on Twitter uh, at Wampas Lair. We're also on Instagram at the Wampas Lair. And you can always email us your questions at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, anything else you got before we close down this musical episode? No, nope, I'm just going to get my funk on. We're going to get our fuck on now. We're going to chair dance our way out of here. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 441, Ranking the Scores, Part 2. For Carl, I'm Jason. Thanks for celebrating 10 years with us, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Wampus Lair.